0: evening and welcome to horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we're here this evening, as promised, to cover uh, Sam Raimi's amazing Drag Me to Hell, which I'm going to say right off the bat, I haven't watched.
1: Oh, bad boy.
0: I've seen it, but <laughs> Adam has fainted. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never known the like of which before ever in my life, sir what well, normally I watch it the night before, but I decided this evening, I was, was going to watch it late afternoon, um, mm. just ahead of the podcast. Uh, I got wrapped up in stuff and I was like, right, it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's, you know, we, we're recording in two hours. I'll put it on now. Went and got the Blu-ray, which apparently I've never used before because it's been sitting on my shelf since I bought it because I love the film. Uh, and it doesn't work. It's a dud disc. Shit. So, uh, and it isn't on cool. Netflix. And no, I was like, "Well, what the fuck do I do now?" Um, so what I've done is watch South Park. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, close.
0: Yeah, it's fine. I've, I've seen the film probably four or five times. So uh, I'm
2: should
1: be good. I
0: remember it. Yeah. Not only that, but also we
2: and we saw it at the cinema. Mm. So, which is actually, yeah i I would be interested to try and look back through about how many I've actually I actually saw when they came out.
3: Because
2: hmm. I can't I can't imagine there's actually that many.
0: No,
2: either because of age, my age, or when it was made, or yeah, actually because it got a commercial release or an easy to find commercial release.
0: Yeah. See, and I've got to admit, I'm not a big cinema goer. Um, because I just like it used to be fine. I, I don't. I'm not going to get on a rant here, but when you when the cinemas used to employ ushers, it was great. You could go, you could sit down, you could watch the film without. Wait,
2: hobbies, wait, is this another
1: know. Lee hates people?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: people are. Fucking yeah, but yeah, but fair enough. In a cinema, it fucking breeds it.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, it's, it's, it's like
2: public transport. You start to think, yeah, no.
0: Fuck them. <laughs> like, and, 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 like, I get it. If you're sitting at home watching a film with people and you chat and you have a laugh or whatever. But in the cinema, you don't do that. I'm there. I want to focus on this. I want to pay attention. I don't want to be looking at somebody else's phone because it's glaring. And I don't want to hear their conversation. And I don't want to have to try and focus because they're eating 25 bags of crisps, one after the other, like the woman in Deadpool.
1: So <laughs> this is why you built a cinema room in your house. And Precisely. Jennifer, better be careful.
0: Precisely, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I don't go to the cinema. I It's a shame because I... And that's why I like going to places like the Prince Charles, where it's an audience participation thing. You know, it's a film you've all seen... A hundred times before, and you all know the lines, and everyone has a laugh, and it's you know it's it's an atmosphere.
2: Or you get that other thing that you do get if you go to Prince Charles or like the Curzon and stuff like that, where everyone's there g- to genuinely see the film. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a. It was raining, mm-hmm. and we got chucked out of bowling. That's yeah. you know what I mean. That's
0: yeah. And that's the problem. It's all people who aren't old enough to socialise in the pubs. So they all just go in the cinema, buy a ticket, and then just go and hang out like we would do in a bar. And it's, yeah, it's just nonsense. Um, yeah, and I'm old. And I'm happy to admit I'm old. Um, But to be fair, I think I've always been like this.
1: You've always been, I've been a grumpy old man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the cinema, I, I have yeah. always been a bit of a curmudgeon about, you know, I, I've paid to watch this film. I don't give a shit what the, you're talking about behind. I've got no interest <laughs> in it. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. And now no, I don't
1: want to jump ahead, right? But I do need both of you to give me a few details on this film. So I hope your memory kicks in, Lee.
2: We we. No, I'm, I, and I w- I've watched it. So yeah, yeah. We'll well, I actually watch. bought. I actually bought it on Blu-ray, Lee. If you do want to get it on Blu-ray. Uh, I got it for six quid oh god yeah yeah we're allowed to mention the a word while Jennifer's out of the room (laughs) so yeah six six quid on Amazon this was on Blu-ray yeah I'm gonna buy it and it's what they describe as the um, the, it has the alternate cut the unseen version Mm. which is like the unrated version or if you lived in England the one you saw in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely all there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all that's stuff weird. I remember. And then I looked on to see, I looked on some of it and all the stuff that was like, well, that's the best bit. When the eyeball goes in the mouth and things like that, no, you know, yeah. it's like, we all saw that, that happened.
0: Oh. God, right, I'll definitely be buying it again. Um, right, so before <laughs> we get carried away and jump into the main event a bit prematurely, um, it's a problem with this film. It's so much fun; you can't help but be drawn into it. Um Chris, have you had a chance to watch anything in the last week?
1: Yeah, I, I had. A, I was trying to fix my TV after the kids had gone to bed because, for some reason, somehow it got into store demo mode, and so it just kept on resetting all the picture. Oh, the properties. You know, so I was like, "Right, I've got to figure this out." So I was trying all the different buttons. Eventually, figured it out. Some weird menu. You had to go into TV mode. You couldn't be in like HDMI, you know, with the Apple TV plugged in, there are other TV modules available. But
3: um,
1: yeah, so get back in TV mode and then go through some sort of basic setup and eventually I've got to it. So, so I was quite pleased with that. I thought, oh, what shall I put on? So I had a quick look through Now TV. I've not been there for a bit. And uh, I saw It Part 2 and I thought, wow, that's cool. interesting. Lee Lee wasn't too keen on it, I seem to remember.
0: I liked it. I didn't like the first fifteen minutes. I thought we had
1: nothing mm. whatever to do with it.
0: And
2: it was really Okay. Worked. I do to
1: remember you, mind... you just you just didn't rate it as much as you did the first one, did you? That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be fair, yeah, that's sort of what I had in mind. But I thought all right, it would be good to watch it and just complete the experience. And and yeah, I've not I've not finished it, so don't don't spoil it. But uh, yeah, so far I've actually really enjoyed it, and was surprised at how much of a comedy it was. Yeah. In, in comparison, and I think uh, it's, it's Bill Hader. He's a an obvious um, actor to to do some sort of weird comedy.
3: Yeah.
1: Pieces, but yeah, I I, I think it's good. It's, um, it's interesting that the cast is. It was it was well casted, like they do look like they're probably the adult versions of the children
0: yeah they are and um, as you say they've they've gone for a primarily comedy cast as well, yeah, it's particularly you know uh, uh, James McAvoy obviously is always amazing, mm. um yeah Bill Hader is one of the funniest people i've ever seen, um
2: yeah, yeah but James McAvoy does do serious, i mean fucking hell you seen you've seen split haven't you oh
0: yes, okay. yeah
2: <laughs> we should cover that one day. We should,
0: yeah. but i watch that as a comedy as well. Oh, yeah, no, it's fucking he's, funny as fun. He's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing was, I didn't rate him until I'd seen... Not I didn't rate him, I hadn't seen enough of his stuff to really see his range. Like, I thought yeah. he was really good in Atomic Blonde, um, which is a dumb as dog shit movie that I really enjoy, and I don't know why, but it's really good. Um, but yeah, when I saw Split, at, like, his acting range is just Phenomenal! He's so good.
2: That's a good film.
1: Yeah, but yeah. So so, so far, I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's it's good to follow on. I guess it's a different sort of film. And yeah, it, I agree. It's not as good as the first one. The first one is just just you know just so well done. Mm. Um, it's probably is. I suppose you know, a bit when you've got children in it like that, it's quite hard hitting. The experiences they're going through. You don't feel quite as concerned, in a way, for the adults, necessarily. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's harder to see. But, yeah, it just it feels like it's completing kind of the story, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Excellent.
0: You have to let us know what you uh, make of it mm. once it's finished. Um Adam, what have you been watching? Anything exciting? Um, I've, I've watched...
2: Uh, we've, we've continued the watching of Cracker. Oh, so. Yeah. Just did the one with Sean Kerrigan. Sean <laughs> Kerrigan, right? Um, yeah, we've just done that one. And um, then, I, well, I watched, and I think Claire kind of watched, a film called uh, Jesus Shows Us the Way to the Highway. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't prepared... I sort of thought, oh, yeah, I've got, a... I've... oh, yeah, i watched that. I'll talk about that. And then I've just realised I probably should have prepped that because it is a fucking weird film. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, it's, it's, yeah. It's two guys who work for the CIA in the 80s. Um, a... This is extraordinarily low budget, by the way. This is like booch level low budget. Um, Yeah, they worked for the CIA back in the eighties and they maintained their computer system called Psycho Book uh, by going into it, like going into the matrix or something like that, you know, sort of plugging into this virtual reality. But the virtual reality is really weirdly shot in stop motion and they are, they just have paper faces of celebrities when they're in there mm. and like the yeah. main guys, Richard Pryor and his um a- and his uh like partners Robert Redford okay and they're fighting Stalin which is a computer virus uh who looks like Stalin but also might be a cat yeah. um and um yeah the main the main guy in it gets trapped in there and then he gets duplicated meanwhile in the in the real world it, this was going to be his last job and him and his uh, wife were going to uh, go off and open a kickboxing and pizza restaurant <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's his film called sorry jesus shows us the way to the highway and <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's shot bizarrely. That's, that's kind of the plot. Um, and everyone is deliberately overdubbed. So it looks sort of like some, basically kind right. This is how it is in my head. It's, you know, like you get Italian ripoff and like Turkish ripoffs of films. Like, is it the, like there's a, Turkish Star Wars yeah yeah, and it's yeah, think of this as like the Italian um, ready player one
1: <laughs> I got, That's no, how watch it this. kind of
2: looks uh, because of the dubbing and because of the way they've done it and the age of it, but the weirdest thing is Jesus is in it, and I am convinced the way Jesus is played is because. Keanu Reeves is essentially Jesus in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sold on this. Yeah, and because he's played just as this, like, yeah, dude, ah, oh, yeah, but like really nice and easygoing, and it's like, and I'm convinced that's why Jesus is played like that is because, again, this it has that virtual reality Matrix and stuff affecting the real world, and yeah. Mm it's it's a proper
1: good one but okay, can we just go back a moment and you <laughs> said there's a turkish star wars yes is this something i should watch
0: i am not
1: seen it it's no. on my list of things no. i need to do before i die but what why so Uh <laughs> right, well i don't know it sounds like there's two things here i need to watch this weird ready player one what was you it know, jesus um,
0: the Jesus. Americans, as soon as a great film comes out from Japan or yeah, like we did with um mm. yeah, when the uh, Norway did let the right one in and they immediately go, right, what we need to do is this in our own language, yeah. but yeah. we've got higher production values so we can mm. make it better. Okay. The Turkish and Bollywood film studios are kind of the other way, which is this film mm. is massive. We need to kind of replicate
1: it. In our gonna style. Do
0: it, and it's going to cost 25 grand. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: this, yeah, but this was practices because it was this, this was more back in the 70s and 80s. And it was practices because of copyright loopholes and things like mm. that. So you right. find like there's, a, there's the film that in uh, Britain and the US is called Zombie Flesh Eaters.
3: Hmm.
2: is actually called Zombie 2 because Dawn of the Dead in Italy is called Zombie. So Mm. in Italy, it was marketed as the sequel to that, even though it had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Like in any way, shape or form. And I think it's a similar sort of thing. They would kind of... Because obviously there was loads of sort of Roger Corman rip-offs of Star Wars. Mm. I mean, you get like Battlestar Galactica's the TV series version of it. And um, Star Crash, you ever seen Star Crash? I've not, I've bought it, Uh, I haven't got round to watching it yet. And Battle Beyond the Stars? Is that the one with John Saxon where he gets his arm cut off at one point because he's going to be strangled by a... I might have gone a bit weird there, down (laughs) a loophole that's... Yeah, John Saxon's the villain, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars? It does,
0: yeah.
2: I'm sure, and the black hole, Disney's the black hole. Yeah, gets, yeah. And it's kind of like it's that same sort of thing because we had loads of rip off hmm. ones of mm. it. So they would rip it off, but it was, yeah, the Turkish, well, I think they just called it Star Wars. And, and
3: yeah. yeah.
0: It's very, very d- d- cheap and poorly done and, and awful by all, but like so much so that they were doing it seriously, but it is a full on comedy and it's well worth watching. So I definitely need right. to see it.
1: I've, I've, I've just searched for Turkish Star Wars and it's come up with Duniai Kutaran Adam. Did I? <laughs> 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 no idea, but yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's
3: in
0: 1982,
1: it. Turkish science fantasy martial arts superhero adventure film. That could be it, I
2: don't know. Popularly kind
1: of... known abroad as Turkish Star Wars.
0: Yeah, you're right, that's
1: it, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all right, so back to uh, Jesus, show us the way to the well, highway. Yeah,
2: Jesus show, shows us the way to the highway is just a, a fucking experience. <laughs> it's, it's like, like I say, it's like Dark Place in that sort of a feel, you know, where it's like that they've gone to the deep dive of like, so everyone's overdubbed, it doesn't look Incredible! Oh yeah, and I forgot to tell you that uh, the uh, president of Ethiopia is a, gu- a guy in a bat in the Adam West Batman gear called Batfro. <laughs> <laughs> president Batfro, what? and and he likes having his toes sucked And that is literally all I kind of got, apart from <laughs> the fact that he's in most of the second half of the film.
1: Weird. Is that an accurate depiction?
2: Yes. <laughs> I've just, oh, what, I've no idea, because there's no real <laughs> President Batfro. It's not based on... They. This is one of those films where they really probably don't have to put a... Uh, this film is a work of fiction, and any relation to any person's living or dead is purely coincidental. Oh, yeah. It, it's that mental. Batfro. Fair enough. Well, if I've intrigued you gentlemen, I would like to hear what you think of it and I apologise if I've wasted your time, but it is it's something else. I've yeah. never seen the like of which before ever in my life.
3: Oh, I need to hear it. what Chris
2: thinks. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Claire needs
1: to hear what Chris thinks. Wait, so that so that that means she's watched it as well?
2: Yeah, Claire watched it. Ooh. Any any words of
1: words of wisdom? Nah, it's
0: just Weird,
1: it's just really strange. <laughs> mm. Hypnotic, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I could, I could see that, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's definitely
1: all, all right. That's this. it, yeah.
0: Excellent. Anything else, Adam? Um, no, I think that's it.
2: I will be watching the uh, uh it's the Arrow Blu ray that I got it on, yeah. And uh, I will be watching because it's got the director's first film in there, a film called Crumbs. Mm-hmm. which apparently is equally barking, but on an even lower budget. No, nice. And I, that I really need to see. So, yeah,
0: I'll let you know. Sounds good.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, connected to Chris's watching of uh, It Chapter 2, um, mm. I have seen Gretel and Hansel, the 2020 version.
1: Is it, is it not Hansel and Gretel?
0: Nope. Uh, this version is called Gretel and Hansel.
1: So uh, they're messing with me.
0: Well I think I think it is just so that you know the difference between mm-hmm. this and the hundred versions that have all come before. Probably um, a good move. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, because it's nothing like anything you've ever seen before in that genre. <laughs> um it's uh, so it's uh Sophia Lillis who plays the main girl in it. Chapter uh yeah, in the first chapter of it, I can't remember what a character's name is. Uh Beverly Marsh. Mm. Um, so she plays Gretel. Um, and this feel, I don't want to give too much away. Um, it's absolutely amazing, it's beautiful looking. Uh Adam will definitely love the sound track for it. Um Ooh. And the only the, the way I would sell it is anybody who enjoyed The Witch from twenty seventeen, mm. watch this. It is the Ooh. absolute perfect. If I was going to do a double bill with The Witch, this would have to be the film that went alongside it. No,
1: that is a good selling point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, an absolute a spiritual partner to it. It's just fantastic. It's really dark. Um, it's really well shot. Um yeah, it's just fantastic. Really, really good film. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. So uh yeah, get out and check that. Um I also went back and rewatched. So I decided I was gonna be a little bit of an apolog well, not an apologist, uh, but I was gonna give M. Night another go. Um as Halloween is approaching again, I remember being kind of angry when I watch The uh, the Village for the first time um, for that Scooby-Doo reason that I've mentioned before um, of I, I don't like when I watch a film and it's got a very supernatural plot and then it twists the, explained by something yeah um, <sighs> it kind of angers me but it sours me against the film and I don't know why mm. that is because as I've said before, I, I don't believe in the supernatural in the way that a lot of people, a lot of other people do. Um,
1: so, How do, many, oh, I uh, probably shouldn't talk about it. So how many supernatural experiences have you ever had?
0: Uh, none, because...
1: <laughs> that might be why. Then. I don't
0: believe in them.
1: Um, <laughs> but
0: I, yeah, I feel, I don't know what, I feel cheated. If a film portrays itself as a supernatural story and then... Has a non supernatural explanation. I just always feel a bit underwhelmed and I don't know why. As I say, because it, it makes no difference because it, it's just a film. So it's re- not, re- like, yeah. not been actually yeah, cheated, fine. but for some reason it just puts me up. It just feels um,
1: like that. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I went back and rewatched The Village knowing how it all plays out at the end. Um, yeah, and I actually much preferred it on a second viewing. Mm. I'd forgotten what a fantastic cast it's got. Um, It's, yeah, as I said, I I just, I kind of, I remember the beasts and I kind of remembered the plot in a very basic way. Uh, But yeah, the the cast in this is just, it's a billion dollar cast. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Yeah. And I think that's what captivated me this time was watching their performances uh, and that was what
1: yeah I, was, I suppose if you go into it with the expectation that you know what's going to happen you're not like suddenly shocked by something annoying yeah it's like i, I accept that bit at the end and the rest is fantastic yeah
0: um but yeah so it's uh, it's well worth watching it's a lovely it's a really good uh autumnal film so this time of year mm. is the, the right film to watch really um yeah, and I I I'll give it much, it's in much higher regard now than it was previously. So, uh, for what that's worth, <laughs> I take back some of the grief I gave you M night. Uh, yeah, but not for the visit. Was it called the visit? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's... I think it was the visit that really, yeah, really got up your ooter. Yeah, massively. I recorded, <laughs> I actually recalled for our listeners, I recorded an episode we have not had the podcast running for that long. I watched it. I was so angry. I recorded an episode uh, of just me ranting about it. I re-recorded <laughs> it three times and still never released it because it just sounded like the rantings of a lunatic. Because <laughs> uh, it really angry. And, and bearing in mind, we
2: broadcast us. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can imagine... <laughs>
0: But this is the thing, like us, what annoyed me with us is that it had so many good points and then let itself down.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you you
0: saw it as a potential thing, yeah. where it was like, you know, this had the potential to be really fucking good. Exactly. So, it, it was yeah. A piece of shit from the beginning, I'd have been less disappointed in it. Mm. And I think the thing I had was I'd kind of given up on M. Night. That film came out and everyone was going, I, forget his previous failures, he makes up for all of it in this film. And I watched it and was like, that's the worst one I've seen. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what people saw that I didn't. Just an absolute piece of shit from beginning to end. Um, But yeah, so on that note, deep breath. (laughs) Let's get into a good film. (laughs) So Chris, what did you make of uh, Drag Me to Hell?
1: Well, for this one, What I'd like you both to do is tell me what you think first. So, and I'll I'll tell you why. So give me just a get your big boy salesperson pants on and just, (laughs) just give it to me why you love it so much.
0: Oh, does this mean he doesn't? Go on, Adam, I'll let you go first. I'm,
2: well... Saw it at the cinema. Really loved it. Loudest thing that I've ever seen at the cinema.
0: Definitely.
2: And I still retain that excitement and everything mm. from it. I think the only thing that I I find now is, and I don't know what it is, but I think I think there's something not right. It, when you get Brooks Campbell like slammed around a house it's hilarious and I don't think it necessarily is in this. It still gets out of hand hmm. but I think I don't know if it still works as a like the comedy element of it. So that's if, that's, you know what I mean?
1: that's I, a
2: good point. I, I kind of find it misfires slightly from being like up there with like Evil Dead 2 and I'm Mm -hmm. only saying that because it is a Sam Raimi film it's not something you should ask of everyone to be (laughs) as good as Evil Dead 2 Um, but I think yeah and I don't know whether it's just me and sort of like sort of old-fashioned where it's like oh no she looks like she's really hurt herself there oh dear you know whereas (laughs) You know, you throw Bruce Campbell around and everyone's yeah. just pissing themselves laughing because he's a clown. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: And I
2: don't think I don't think the main character in this has that element.
1: So even, I like I like even, what you said there.
2: Even though she's even though she's very um, she does lots of stupid fucking things. And you know, but in a everyday way. Do you know what I mean? Like a very relatable way. And I think that's the thing is, it's almost you empathise a bit with her too much in a weird, like, Mm -hmm. in a way that it's, it knocks out some of the enjoyment you get of the curse that you should have. Because, okay, I'll, I'll give you this. The amount of time that horrid snot goes in her mouth is fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because, and that that works for some reason. It's just because it's fucking it, everyone. Just oh, but it's just funny. It just really is. And but there's yeah. I don't think it works on that level the whole time. It feels a bit more uh, a bit more brutal than it should. Mm. Maybe Quite. I don't know. But it works with the tone of the film. Because when you get to the end, the tone of the film
1: is—it
2: it goes wrong.
1: Do you know right, what I mean? The, yeah. the person let's, fucks let's... up,
2: and it doesn't matter whether she deserves the curse or not, but it
1: works. Mm. Well, I think and... we should bring Lee in. Sorry, yeah, but that's. See.
2: So I still, I still really like this film. That's what mm. I'm saying. Is I, re- I really like it, but I'm watching it, and I'm sort of reading through again it's probably because it's the first time I've watched it analytically mm. rather than as a um, you know oh, i stick that on because it's just fun it's Sam Raimi mm. I've watched it yeah of Dead, what I... I've so watched
1: I could I completely Dead, what see yeah if you've seen you know all of Sam Raimi's other films and then this mm. came out and it's like let's all go to the cinema to watch this but I totally get that state of mind so Lee so you went with Adam to watch it
0: Yes, I did. We went yeah. to the midnight showing. Um,
1: mm.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I think it was. It was funnily enough, actually. Um, I don't know if Adam remembers this or not. So this was obviously a long time ago. So this film came out 11 years ago. And we've mm. been doing this okay. pod- podcast for three years.
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: We initially, we're going to do another podcast... Uh, a horror one back in 2009, and we we recorded a test episode and nothing ever came of it. And that test episode was recorded at my house before mm-hmm. we went to the midnight show and dragged me to hell.
2: <laughs>
0: Fuck! Yeah.
2: No, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, it was because I <laughs> came over, former guest Drew, um, and we recorded an episode of... I can't even remember what film... I can't even remember if we did a specific film or if we all just... Watch maybe we
1: about. yeah um, rambled on about horror
0: yeah yeah so I I went and saw this uh, <clears throat> that evening as I say and I've seen it several times since uh, I didn't watch it this evening so I didn't watch it with that analytical uh, mind perhaps mm. but uh, from my recollection I thoroughly enjoy this movie um, I like the horror I think the horror in it is good mm. and it's I like the comedy, uh, as you say. I like the fact that Alison Lohman plays such a a kind of believable, as you say, everyday character. Like she seems, she seems like somebody we all know. And the same with Justin Long as well. Like they seem like a believable. The characters seem almost a believable-ish couple.
2: Um, yeah, and I think she feels very relatable because she doesn't do anything. Terrible. Kill
0: the cat. That's the only. thing... Yeah. The oh yeah, no.
2: that After actually, yeah, no. After that, fucker. That's when it becomes
0: funny. At <laughs> <'cause of laughs> that point. But yeah, other than that, but, she seems to make the same decisions we would all make mm, if we, mm, we believe we were in that situation. Yeah.
2: Because that was I the thing it's... when
0: she did that this time round. I just went buy
2: a fucking chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's but, expecting
0: it. <laughs>
1: m- maybe by that point she's. Going a little bit loopy, you know, mm. possibly. Exactly. I've not been in her position exactly, so I can't say. But I, no, so taking what you both said, I think that fits completely. I think if I'd gone to see this when it had come out at the cinema, that would have been a great experience. I think um, I struggled throughout with the... It wasn't quite funny for some reason up until the grave digging scene. And then... Mm. I I've, I don't know what it was, but I felt quite different towards it. And it's like okay, this feels funnier now for some reason. I don't know Is if it, it was, I was just getting used when to she's it. Manic. Yeah, it could be. It's just it's gone so far, and it's just mm. now getting silly. Whereas before that, it was like it's, it's it seems like it should be more serious, but there's definitely humour in it. And probably if yeah. I watched it again, I would enjoy that perhaps more. But yeah, and then uh, you know, and. We're, we're jumping ahead although you mentioned it slightly Adam but yeah the very end scene like it suddenly hit you know hit yeah. hard and it was like alright no, that is now quite you know very yeah. powerful and so so then that meant I felt like alright that's that's now really good yeah, but it would be interesting to watch it again and see how be. like you say with Bruce Campbell it is quite a different like the, the comedy is I suppose, much more obvious, I would say. Yeah. I wonder if it is because of how relatable she is. It might be, yeah. just they it's... made this, whereas,
2: like, like I say, um, Ash is very clownish, or certainly from Evil yeah. Dead 2 onwards. Mm. And, you know, he's kind of a heightened character, mm. whereas actually maybe they yeah, did more... too well in sort of kitchen-sinking versus possible. the couples. But
1: that's what I could see at the hmm. cinema with, you know, a, a few friends there. It's like, there's a bit of a different feel to it, I think. Whereas oh, it's just definitely yeah, a sitting on my own film, watching I it, yeah. it felt a bit, like, just a bit brutal. And, yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the dinner scene... Was was it was funny, but again so awkward. Yeah, super. I awkward. was
0: like, oh, it's really? Yeah, really <laughs> brutally. I
2: mean, I mean, that's the thing: is social anxiety is yeah. the most horrible bit of this film. <laughs> it's... But and like, it includes, I often, and it includes you know, cat stabbing, you know. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as you say, I I know, so
0: I think it's yeah. one of that. I think because. And uh, possibly because Adam and I are so much more au fait with Sam Raimi's
3: mm, yeah.
0: <clears throat> horror feel. So, the Evil Dead films, as you say, because they're Bruce Campbell, certainly have
1: that. So, I think we went in a tune two yeah, two, already. Ready, yeah. Is, yeah, I think that would help.
0: When a lot. you start hitting an old woman in the face of a stapler in the back of a car, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that, fucking that, hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. Whereas <laughs> if you're not, Again, that
2: bit works and I wonder, maybe it's because you don't have that protagonist because it's invisible forces doing it. Mm. Whereas, you know, I mean, okay, you don't want to, do you want like a creepy old woman throughout the film? Probably not. But giving it some substance like that bit, that bit's funny. Yeah. Cause it's, I, cause, and also it has that trademark Sam Raimi thing, which I love. Which is where it's the face is in darkness and it just comes into the light. Mm. And when she's in the back of the car, that is really fucking horrible and sinister. Yeah. And then she just gradually comes, like her, her face gradually comes into the light. Mm. And then you attack someone with a state wearing an a ruler.
1: And it's, yeah. But that's it. But so, right. So I didn't, I know you had mentioned it, but I hadn't. Realized when watching it that it's Sam Raimi who had done that, so I totally did not realize whether it was going to be funny or not. Yeah. So I was completely just trying to, and it was like, I'm sure this is kind of funny, but it's also not. And so I just felt very, I was on such a you know knife edge of how am I meant to be feeling about this mm. for some reason, and I just could not fully sort of choose one or the other. It's
0: funny you say that, because one of the things that annoyed me, and I pointed out to Jennifer, um, mm. on the Blu-ray cover, it says, from Sam Raimi, the man who brought us the uh, Spider-Man movies. And I was
3: like, that's Uh, got
0: nothing to do with it. This is an evil movie. But but you've got to
2: remember, yeah,
0: (laughs) but that's the thing.
2: And I wonder if that's why this failed, because... yeah, not failed, but, like, failed in terms of its... Um, su- success amongst fans not necessarily it's box office success
3: hmm.
2: mm. um, certainly you know because it, it, it wasn't a massive hit as I remember or anything mm. like that it was just I think it just did well you know Yeah. but um, yeah so obviously he'd, by then he'd done the Spider-Man movies mm. and so It's a different audience going in because it's the people who are fans of Sam Raimi because of Spider Man who maybe haven't gone back and found Mm. Evil Dead.
3: Yeah.
2: And interestingly enough, apparently, they originally wrote the script to this after they filmed um, Army of Darkness.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. So the script was the script was written about ninety two. Blindly, when they were still on that thing, and then I think because of the success of Spider-Man, they said to Sam Raimi, like it's usually the thing where it's like, right, you get to do your own project, do whatever you want, yeah. And originally, um, originally he wanted um, uh, Edgar Wright to direct it. He was going to produce it and get Edgar Wright to direct it because Edgar Wright had just done Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Mm. But Edgar Wright couldn't do it because he was doing Hot Fuzz,
3: and and to be honest.
2: I'd much mm-hmm. rather he did hot fuzz, yeah, <laughs> and also, and also, I think he was kind of he. Uh, what was his? Uh, there was a quote where it was like he said, "It would be kind of me doing karaoke." And I suppose if you gave "Drag Me to Hell" as a script to Edgar Wright, yeah. you probably would get, you know, you would get a it's Sam Raimi trying, movie. Trying to do Sam
0: Raimi, hmm. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah because it's all there you know it's all the stuff that that's how Sam Raimi writes so yeah so originally that that's so that's how it and then it ended up being Sam Raimi directing it yeah because uh, Edgar Wright turned it down and Mm -hmm. this also as a thing um Lee there's what's what's that film that the um oh roller derby film you like Whip It Whip It with what is it drew Barrymore isn't it yeah yeah, yeah um and uh, Ellen Page was originally going to play Christine in this
0: oh really
2: mm. but dropped out to do Whip it
3: oh,
0: okay um, so bad, I'm I guess yeah Whip it's a fantastic film because I like roller derby so that could have a bit of a slant on it um but yeah I mean that, that's another film with a really good cast um but yeah, I can totally see Ellen Page playing this. But yes, I think Alison Loman is... Uh, oh, I'm
2: not taken away mm. from her uh, at all. I think she's really good. But yeah. like I say, I think she's just really good at getting you on her side in
0: a weird way. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. And the same with Justin Long. I know a lot of people have a problem with Justin Long and find him a little bit vanilla as an actor. Um, but I think for this role, he was perfectly cast. I think he yeah, was... Yeah, I
1: thought he was good.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think also it's a. It's kind of it's a bit of a thankless character, mm. Mm. but also it is strange because you don't usually get with this sort of a thing, where he then he the only person who now has the proof that she was right, yeah. or mm. has has the knowledge that she was right. It wasn't a psychotic episode. It wasn't because she was. Had PTSD because of the mm. attack from the old lady. Yeah, no,
1: it was. <laughs> yeah, a curse.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think also they get some bits. They get the the, the clownish element right, like when she goes to the house and Mrs. Ganusha died, mm. and she's laid out, and then she trips over and oh, knocks no. the corpse over on no, herself. The ear
0: goes in her mouth again.
2: Yeah, and it's just, but that <sighs> is just fucking funny yeah and it's done really well but but i don't know what it is and there's just something with the actual sort of elemental attacks that just don't come off as funny
0: yeah
2: and i think that's that's where it's it that's the where the humor drops weirdly which is a shame but i mean it's still in the in the main it's still a fucking great film yeah it's just yeah there's just certain bits where it's now like sort of all that's it just doesn't have quite that feel so maybe weirdly enough so I think Chris has gone in without that knowledge and I've gone in with
1: that knowledge yeah yeah well yeah but absolutely no if I'd gone in thinking of Evil Dead it Mm. would have made sense throughout I think and it was yeah it just clicked sort of I'd say towards the end really where I really thought it definitely is And, and it's one of those things that looking back it's like well it seems obvious but at the time, it's just funny how your expectation is just... It just totally changes how you perceive each scene. And it's like, each scene, I would say was fantastic, but I just wasn't sure how to feel about it in a sort of, you know, yeah.
0: I, do you know, I had a very similar experience. I went and saw a film, uh, there used to be a group of us, and we used to go to the cinema once a week and watch a film that we wouldn't normally watch. So mm. we'd go for, so we'd specifically go for stuff out of our normal context.
2: Oh, uh, so that's when you saw uh,
0: Ant Farm Deckard, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, too bad, I saw a Silver Lining Playbook. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, but the, so the, there was three of us, and one of the other guys was obviously aware that it was a comedy going in, whereas I knew absolutely nothing about it other than we were all meeting up. We are going to have a couple of beers. We are going to go and watch a film. Uh, and it's a film about um, people with um, uh, mental, not, not mental disabilities, but like very OCD and that type of thing. Um, and he obviously went in knowing it was a comedy and I didn't. And yeah. the first 20 minutes, he was roaring with laughter and I was like, I don't get what he's laughing at, and then obviously as the film progresses and you kind of mm. get, oh it is a comedy and it's um, but yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think if you go into a film and you're not quite you're not quite aware of what to expect, it makes such a massive difference to your experience mm. of it. Um, yeah, so I think if you went back and and maybe if you watched Evil Dead.
3: Mm, yeah.
0: The later films that you haven't so like if you went and watched Army of Darkness and then yeah. watched it straight after you would be in from like yeah. scene one. Yeah.
1: Yes. So. Mm. Um. Well, like obviously some films are very clear. Like this is obviously a comedy, but with this, I th- well, it's clear if you don't know, you know, because they do the scenes well where, where they are horrible. Yeah. But they're just not obviously kind of slapstick, or you know, not not in every part. And so, it's, yeah, it could be either way. It could be meant to making you feel. you
0: know. Well, it's a bit like you know, like we say with Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that, where mm. the horror is horror. Like,
1: yeah, they're, yeah,
0: they're not. Those zombies aren't made up for a comedy film. They yeah. are horror zombies. So if you kind of go in expecting something else. Mm. it catches you off guard really quickly yeah like, yeah and you, it, it can be disorientating to the point where you're like i, I don't know what to yeah I don't know what to make of it but i think
1: well, it, i guess like the music plays a big part there doesn't it and then that's throughout this it was like well okay the music is definitely not you know full-on horror right and in fact i think it was the grave digging scene that made me think of beetlejuice and i think that was all of a sudden it was like oh yeah you know this is obviously most of it is meant to be pretty funny i the
2: music the music's uh christopher young who Mm. also did um hellraiser okay so uh, again another because that's the thing is the trouble is with this is i've now been like whistling the tune in my head Like since I watched it, I've just had that violin part going on, going on in my mm. head the whole time. And he does have a real knack with sort of memorable themes mm. and stuff like that. What I'm really annoyed about, and I do apologize because I've let, I've let the, uh, I've let the podcast down on this oh, one dear. is somewhere I've got a documentary, like a uh, audio documentary. It was off the radio of Christopher Young called the devil in music. Mm. And it's him. And it was from the time that Drag Me to Hell uh, came out, and it's him talking about um, musical motifs, like classical musical motifs that were uh, considered demonic or diabolic, mm. and it was literally the devil in music. But he, in that, he's talking about the. Um, he keeps talking about the, the violinists. Um, Uh, Paganini Hmm. and saying about how he was like, uh, from from the description, he sounds like he looked like the fucking Joker, (laughs) but more to the point that he was considered, like his music was considered blasphemous and demonic and stuff like that. And there were lots of supernatural rumours around him about his ability and things like that. Almost like the sort of the blues man selling his soul at the crossroads kind of thing in Mm. return for his unearthly abilities. Um and like I say, this was from around the time this came out. So I'm sure that there would have been a promo element of this documentary coming out. Uh and I wish I had listened to it because I'm sure he would have had some fascinating insights about uh <laughs> the uh, uh the the sort of musical the stuff that he's put in this. Because again, yeah. where he played some Paganini and it is very much that sort of very like very Intense mm. stuff, and um, but I think, yeah, he's just he, he is a great composer. He also did um, Sinister, cool. and his stuff on Sinister is like is basically sound design, but it is listenable on its own if you like that sort of thing, yeah. And um, I do, but yeah, Sun O as well did
0: stuff
2: on uh... the sinister has it's got basically you have the 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 score of the entire film is by um Christopher Young and the like sound design and everything but all the video clips are accompanied by there's over um, hmm. It's Sono and Boris, I think. Yeah. Um, I think. And and sort of, but that kind of thing, like a lot of sort of doom and post rock stuff, like stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the final track on it's uh, "Balls of Canada," so it's a no, really it's a really eclectic, lovely soundtrack. And the thing was is that when I bought the when I bought the Christopher Young score, a lot of people were like, sort of, there's a lot of reviews where they're like, look, this doesn't contain Boards of Canada, it doesn't contain any of the stuff that is like all the, the big names that are attached to this film or this film's soundtrack. Um, but I think that really does it a disservice because actually you listen to it and you realise that it's, it's in that same vein. Hmm. It doesn't feel, basically, you, they probably couldn't afford to get Suno and Boris and Olva to collaborate to produce and balls of Canada to collaborate and produce the score for this film. Yeah. But they could ask them to borrow a couple of their tracks. Mm. And meanwhile, Christopher Young cooks up something as good as that would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a really, it's a really great, um, soundtrack. Sorry. Sorry. I've, yeah. I've, geeked off. I've geeked off on soundtracks. That would be a shock. <laughs> um, I also want to mention,
3: um,
0: uh, the, uh, Character Ram Jazz. I was just about to bring him up as well. He's that he is such a fantastic character, and he was so mm. good in Inception. He was really big for a couple of years, and I've not seen him do anything since particularly. But he is—he hasn't, by
2: uh, the looks of it, he hasn't done a lot of. Curiously, he hasn't done a lot of stuff despite doing Inception. I think he—he's he, um, he um, stuck, he's stuck in, a in a
1: dream a, somewhere.
2: He's in Avatar as well, apparently. Mm. Yes, yes and um but no i think and he plays it frankly i would i wouldn't mind if uh he played uh the doctor if they have to do the american remake mm. of doctor who one day oh he would be one of the people i would consider like i don't know um there's people <laughs> most of them dead now thinking about it it was like roddy mcdowell dead um no, <laughs> but no definitely i think he um he plays that character just right especially and i just love the the sort of the digs back and forth between him and the husband yeah you know mm. where he's like and then he's like oh you know this is all mumbo jumbo and he can debate um classical psychology with him and it's like oh yeah see you know i'm not <laughs> i haven't i don't know, i don't not know these things but I know a lot of other things as well.
3: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which has led me down this route. So yeah, it's not its not that you're smarter or know better things. Um, it's a choice. And, but also I do love the sort of thing where it's, um, where it's like, uh, well, you know, he, he tried to give us the $60 back. He didn't try very hard, did he? Yeah. And I still <laughs> love the fact that even at the end of all this, he's like, well, it's $60, $60, you know. <laughs> And I actually quite like the way... I quite like the way they do that motivation with him where it's like, well... And she even says, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me that if I give this away, you know, if I pass this on to someone as a gift, right, yeah. okay, I've got it anymore. And it's just... Well, and it's like, because... It's not a very nice thing to break- do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, look, this is happening to you. Yeah, it's, it's, like that. It's, so, it's so bad... Mm. I don't want it happening to anyone else.
1: And, and I would be an accomplice. It's happening
2: to you. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah, I just, I found this, I think because I went in the right frame of mind, as I say, because we saw it, um, uh, Adam hadn't, because he'd been driving, but it was a midnight screening, so I'd had a few drinks and... Mm. Obviously, a massive Sam Raimi fan, so I think yeah. went in the right frame of mind. Yeah, and this film just gave me everything. And <coughs> excuse me, um, and the jump scares
1: as well. I think no, they was yeah, no, they were good.
0: I think they can be such a cheap tool, but in the right people's hands, they're fantastic. The
2: Claire, Claire did mention about that. She said it was probably the most scary thing that she'd seen.
1: Hmm. Mm, okay
2: and the thing that she highlighted was that although you do although that is a jump scare especially if it's because obviously the the volume is fucking <laughs> you know astronomical but um yeah she but she said it's also that thing where you kind of almost half glimpse something mm.
3: Mm.
2: you know there'll be almost a face or almost a hand manifested and it's kind of yeah that that is more that's more disconcerting than just the mere noise.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. it's
2: like, important thing. We're not going to show it to you. What? what? <laughs> fucking, you know, that is more scary because it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that feeling of you don't know
0: what that was. So... But it's... then it, does, it also does the opposite, which I like as well. So it does play that very well. But then it has the, you know, the... Um... When they do the seance and the goat suddenly comes to life and mm, starts yeah. dancing around, yeah. like that—that's on screen for a long time and it's really ludicrous mm. and funny, but it's still got a, because of the way it moves, it's got a really sinister edge. So, sinister, yeah, it's got that really it is that really evil dead thing of you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> the moose head coming to life on the wall? Yeah, it's funny. But it's something sinister about you. At the same, mm. like it's creepy as fuck. See, it? see,
2: I think this is what what Sam Raimi's sort of pantheon, if you want to call it that. Mm. You know, Sam Raimi's take on demon- demonology and stuff like that is very. They really are playful, pestering,
1: like childish. Yeah you yeah, know really but right r- right up until the end though mm. but it's always
2: that sort of thing of and so yeah it's like the goat's head is hilarious but also mm. disturbing and it's like you say the bit where the um the nephew's possessed and he's doing the dancing and that is very sort of but it's this sort of yeah really It's like sort of, is childlike, not childish or or Mm. the other way around. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's something like that. (laughs) And um, yeah. So I think he's, again, that's the sort of thing where it's like you have these very playful, but that's the counterpoint that he does very well, actually. And it is the fact that it's like these, these creatures are mischievous and playful and it's a game. Yeah
3: them
0: yeah for them you yeah, are tormented be. and yeah. torn apart yeah <laughs> um yeah it's uh and again sam raimi i think sam raimi has got a style that he's got down to a t but he's had it since his first movie like yeah he didn't, he didn't take a while to find his pace it's something he's always had and it's been solid all the way through um yeah, and I think once you get where he's coming from. But it is funny that, as you say, you kind of pick up on that sense of humour and everything really early on with uh, yeah. with Evil Dead. Whereas, yeah, with this, maybe you kind of need to know him more to get... But I think because the horror is more, I think the horror is, is less in Evil Dead, whereas this the creepy elements and the scary elements in this... Are much more than they are in Evil Dead, which possibly is why the comedy doesn't hit quite so quite so well, because it's a further I, contrast.
2: I think it's like when you watch Evil Dead 2 and then watch Evil Dead. Cause in Evil Dead all the sort of a lot you know, the it's played straighter. But you still get, when once you've seen Evil Dead 2, you can't help but go back and find all the and gore see the first one,
1: fun, yeah. So that I think that would like, be like the pencil yeah. in the foot
2: and things like mm. that, uh, yeah. No, that's it, that,
1: that could be seen either way, yeah, really. Yeah,
2: well, the, the term I the term I ended up coming up with, the term I ended up with sort of when talking to Claire about it was um slapstick horror. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or yeah, slapstick certainly accurate. slapstick violence but it's, it's cartoonish mm. it's like Rick and Aid or something like that it's a lot of you know punched in the balls and
1: sort of <laughs> <laughs> although I think yeah I guess the effects that they use Bodies in Evil Dead and... And, <laughs> and, and, and Evil Dead 2 were slightly more oh, like it's not really over the top but in this they looked it looked I'd say sort of more real but I guess it was more detailed perhaps. Yeah, maybe maybe it's something
2: that they just went at it too well or mm. sort of too hard or something
0: like that, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a massive budget behind him now. I mean, this film must have yeah, a yeah. absolute fortune um, yeah, compared to Evil Dead which he made on money he borrowed from local companies. Um, mm. Estimated budget is thirty million for this. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it looks it. It looks absolutely yeah, no, it does beautiful. Look like... I mean, there's no mm. no two ways about it. Um, yeah. Whereas his first films, which was him with a, a hired video camera, effectively, and you know, like we've said for the for the demon shots and things, it was just him. Holding it on top of a piece of wood while two of them ran through the forest.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is seriously impressive. Either way, he obviously yep. is capable of doing it on a low budget and capable of doing it on a big budget, which is you know that's great. Is it that classic thing though, where once you once you're not
2: having to push against the constraint, you don't get as inventive or you don't pull it off quite as well?
0: Yeah,
2: it's like it's like when it's like when sort of like really lo-fi electronic bands suddenly have a budget and they've bought all the keyboards under the sun and it's like this is a bit shit now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that I'm saying this is a bit shit now
1: yeah no so yes, yeah, so it's, like, I definitely wouldn't say that but I just think it is a uh, it's almost blended too well that's yeah. like it's just it's just less obvious or you know it is if you don't know the backstory like if, if I absolutely from what you both said if I went Saw it in the cinema, um, you know, big loud, big screen, and everyone around having fun, like that would seriously work for this. So that's that's my ultimate recommendation is if you watch it, try and do that.
0: This is this is a film to watch with
1: friends. This is a Yeah,
0: yeah, like this is a, exactly a film like... to watch with all your Sam Raimi fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no all absolutely your, all
2: your evil dead buddies are drag me to hell, but it's
1: Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. But now knowing that, I didn't realise that until really just before we came on here. And then it was like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but I still, even saying that, even not knowing any of it, um, towards the end, I was like, okay, no, this is getting really good. And the final bit is just that worked so well because it was a then a perfect comedy tragedy, you know, just yeah. seeing him holding out. And it's like, it's all, it's all gone. And in fact... lead up to the very end scene where they totally changed the style it was all it was happy she's like okay it's all worked out she's kind of she's realized what she's done wrong and she still regrets it at this point and she wants to come clean and And, and that's that's powerful. Stu has
2: been found out but he hasn't actually been sent to hell.
1: It's like it's all gone you know it's turned out exactly right and but, obviously, still the element of she did something wrong, which she shouldn't have done, but he forgives her for that, you know. And then the reveal, you know, and then her falling backwards it is is fantastic. It's just, like, so good.
0: See, I I still, again, I know it's just me. Uh, uh, Reggie Lee, who plays Stu in this, as you just touched on there, Chris,
1: mm. Uh,
3: mm.
0: yeah, he, he's fantastic in this. He plays he is. a slimy prick. So
2: yeah.
1: Good.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, as soon as it was like, oh, I can just give this curse to somebody else, he would have had about 20 minutes before I'd given it to him. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. he is on his way.
2: But, then, but can... then there's that's the interesting thing as well, where, again, you is one of the few bits where you kind of lose sympathy for her, is give it to Stu is like everyone's immediate idea. Mm. As soon as they say that, it's like, give it to Stu, he's a prick. But the fact that she's but, too nice and she but, won't. Yeah, yeah, but also the fact, yeah, but she's too nice. But she also does for a moment contemplate giving it to an old man <laughs> yeah. on a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, bearing, well, no, bearing in yeah. mind that the initial logic of that is, oh, well, he'll be dead soon anyway well, yeah. because he's elderly. Yeah. yeah, he will also be tortured in hell for yeah. eternity.
1: But, but she's <laughs> This look, is she's just is the struggling. beginning. At that point, I'll give, yeah, it, I'll yeah, give it. And, and, it is, sort of like, and when you know. you know it's funny, it is funny, right? Mm. Because it's like, well, yeah, you, you're going to think this stuff. And, and she sort of, you know, she was gingerly going over there, but it wasn't like, yeah, that's it, just sorted. And then obviously she sees the wife and reconsiders. But and then, then, yeah, just sitting at the bar, well, what was it? It was a coffee shop. Um, and just, and yeah, you know, also, when, when she was eating ice cream and she's lactose intolerant, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, well, that's yeah. obviously funny yeah
0: you saying that shit i've just remembered the nosebleed scene
1: yeah. Like, yeah
0: again like that must be if you're not watching this with a this is a comedy head
1: on yeah. that's
0: horrific
1: oh no
2: <laughs> yeah
1: no, it was like it's, it's either it was either fantastic you know standard horror or fantastic comedy but yeah just not knowing which to go for. It's like, well, it's good for both, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: I I, I I i I I didn't I didn't re watch it, so I haven't seen it in probably five years now. Um but yeah, I've just got such fond memories of this that even though we've done the episode now, I am still gonna go and rebuy this film and watch it hopefully before yeah. Halloween,
1: because... No, I, yeah, I think it is fantastic, knowing what I know now. But that was it. I just needed some clarification. What was I missing? Um, yeah. But, yeah, try and watch it again, imagining you absolutely can't. And you probably can't. I probably no way could now not see, you know, most of it as being funny, but... Yeah.
0: Well, that opening scene with well, the even, yeah. exorcism, like, that sets yeah. you up for a full-on... No, it did, it did. Oh, yeah. Right. It doesn't... And that's got no no comedy in it whatsoever.
1: Well, and and the end, equally. It is that wraparound then. It's like, no, ultimately, you know, it's bad.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's, that's tragedy. Yeah. So, 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 no, I it think, is, is
2: bookended by two very serious circumstances.
3: Mm.
2: Which is... I mean, it's not like, say, The Innkeepers, which is, you know, sort of... Deceptively sweet and funny, mm.
3: yeah.
2: and then absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it. But it doesn't do that. So you know, it's absolutely terrifying. Oh, this is a, just a knockabout slapstick horror comedy about someone who's going to be killed, um, and then yeah, they do. Because yeah. I think I think it does subvert that thing because you do. I think. Yeah, I mean, cats aside, I think you do sort of realise how random and un- unfair it is as a curse. Mm. I mean, do, when does she curse her? It is in, isn't it in, in the... the car?
1: She gives her the button. Yeah. The in button. Car, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. So at that point, you've also attacked her. Yeah. You know, I do think it's a tad unfair at that point, you know. So statements to the face or what, you know. Oh, and uh, Mrs. Ganesh's car is the um is Sam Raimi's car, the one that turns mm-hmm. up in all his
3: yeah. movies. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, Mrs. Ganesh as well, I, I think it's gotta be said, yeah. You know, she um yeah, she she's such a you kind of feel for her situation. Oh absolutely I you make do. Her mm.
1: such an unpleasant yeah, the yeah. no the, yeah, yeah no that's another good point though, is that yeah, it was hard to fully know who you're kind of supporting at points mm. and and it's not looking back, you know you are on like yeah i don't know it is it is funny just <laughs> the way the the scene played out with her in the bank. I wonder did Sam Raimi get turned down for a loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is that was a chair, sorry, <laughs> uh
0: but yeah so yeah, a fantastic mm. film. It's so enjoyable on so many levels, um I yeah, watch Lam- it on a
1: big screen, loud with your mates,
0: yeah, it's fantastic, sorry, adam, you were gonna i looked, I looked up the lamia to see if it was
2: a like if there was a gen- there's genuine. Um, the the name appears in mythology, but not in this specific way.
3: Hmm.
2: If you see what I mean, there's like a, a there's a, a a Lamia in Greek mythology who is a woman who is seduced by Zeus, but Hera, like Zeus's wife, gets uh, annoyed and makes her kill her children, and then prevents her from sleeping so that she can't. Um, so she can't stop grieving for them at any point.
1: Is, wow. Is this another comedy? But,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus. Yeah. How about this though? Zeus, blessed fellow that he is, you know, always, always comes up with the child support and everything. Yeah. He gives her the gift of being able to take her eyeballs out. Um, and she becomes a um, sort of possibly serpentine creature that eats children. He, he sounds um,
1: slightly better than Boris Johnson, but not a lot.
2: Only, only just, only just. And then the Lamia does end up in in Greek folklore um, and is basically the bogeyman. It's a, mm. you know, it's get your children to behave, otherwise the Lamia eats you. Oh, okay. Because it's meant to eat, it eats children alive, but it's also, they keep describing it in serpentine terms. So uh, sometimes it looks a bit like Medusa in Clash of the Titans. Hmm.
3: So
2: that sort of half woman half snake sort of look and sometimes with snakes for hair and stuff like that Um, and there's there's, in Basque mythology there are Lamia which are like sirens who live near rivers who look like beautiful women except they have duck's feet And as they comb their hair with their gold combs, if sunlight hits it, a rainbow is produced. And that's where rainbows come from, is from the lamia combing their hair. And in Slavic mythology, it's like a big dragon with webbed wings, claws and three to nine heads. Uh, And it lives at the bottom of lakes and has the power to remove a population's water supply so you know which which is genuinely vital you know <laughs> and uh, you have to do human sacrifices to the lamia to uh, get uh, get the water back but and it's a thing that seems to be because of the gorgon connection hmm. the fact the lamia sort of seems to get mixed up with gorgons in also in Greek mythology there are the furies or the Irines, um, who are underworld gods of vengeance who appear as old women uh, or crones, often sometimes depicted as three sisters. So again, like the Gorgons, Hmm. Um, variously described as having snakes for hair, dogs, heads or bat wings. They carry brass studded scourges and get this, their task is to hear complaints brought by mortals against the insolence of the young to the aged, of children to parents, of hosts to guests, and of householders to city councils or city councils to suppliants and to punish such crimes by hounding culprits relentlessly and then taking them to the underworld.
0: Nice. We need more of that.
2: Which seems to be the, I think that's the Lamia and it's got sort of entangled with Gorgon mythology and then gone out the other way with the Furies. So Mm. I think that's sort of what is kind of... They
0: just need to add to that, people who talk in cinemas and uh, I will 100% be sacrificing shit to Lumia, I think is the... Do uh... you know
2: what? Do you know what? People who talk in cinemas, eternal damnation is too good for them. Yeah, I agree. We (laughs) shall keep them at the very centre of hell in the frozen lake in which Satan is suspended and he can forever chew their entrails as he does with um, Judas and Julius Caesar. Yes. I am or was it Brutus? One of them. Another. Brutus, I think.
0: Brutus. Traitors, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely behind that. Um, oh, cool. Excellent. Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what, it's what's sh- next? Yeah, i say it's a shame you didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped you might, Chris. But, yeah, I think it's one to
1: go back to. Wait, wait. That says you didn't hear everything I said.
0: No, no, I got, I got that you enjoyed it at the end, but mm. yeah, I'd have, yeah, I'd have wished that you'd enjoyed it from the beginning,
1: from the start. Well, happens,
0: you can go back and rewatch it and enjoy it. Again. Yeah,
1: um,
0: as we all can.
1: Yeah, so I've got that to look forward to. So it's even better than it could have been.
0: Um, so on your question, Adam, you both may have noticed I've been rifling through my notepad for the last half of the show. Um, yes on the the matter of what is the next film. Uh, I've got all of the films written down that we're going to be covering, but I seem to have lost the one that tells us in what order we are doing them. So, if you don't know, Adam, or you don't... Uh, I don't know, but just as a thought, is Sinister on that list? It is, and I was about to say, as we discuss Sinister, shall we just do that as the next film? Uh, Yeah.
1: That's a nice connection, it says. Is, a... is Sinister a comedy? <laughs> Sorry, Chris? Is Sinister a comedy? No. No. Right. Not, <laughs> not comedy.
0: Definitely yes. not comedy. This is, um, as I've said, I don't, I don't really get scared by films, which is a shame, and I wish that I did. But Sinister is one where I remember watching it on my own. I was in the house on my own and I watched it. And I do remember going to the kitchen to get a beer and putting the light on in the hallway, which is something <laughs> I would never normally do. So yeah, that's as close to scared as I can get. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a lights-on film. Yeah.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> so I watched it on my own in the dark, but I did have to put the light on to go and get more beer halfway through. Um, and again, because it was because it was such a mainstream film, I expected very little from it, and was totally blown away by how powerful this film is. Mm, okay. Uh, so, and I, I, because it because it was part
2: of that staple, uh, uh, sorry, stable, staple, bloody drag me to hell again. Um, <laughs> Because it was from that stable of stuff like Paranormal Activity, Insidious, and so, so I thought it was just another one on the production line. Yeah, yeah. I and do. actually, and actually, funnily enough, I think you mentioned a friend of the show, Drew, a former guest, Drew. Yeah. I believe it was Drew who got me Sinister
0: for Christmas, and I watched it, and I was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Mm. It's um, not
3: wishing to give too
0: much away. It's one of the... You don't very often get a, a, a character that's like an evil character in a film that stands out in the way that Pinhead and Freddy Krueger and stuff do. But I, I think the the big bad in this film is one that, that does stick with you. Um, I know this it's, is... a, it's a very memorable, but it's
2: also a very memorable MO. Yes. And, it, it, and I kind of, and I've not, I'll, I'll say now, I've never seen part two I don't know if there's even any more than that I think there's only two I've never seen part two and I've kind of not wanted to because of how I think that's the thing with it once you know what what is going on you know how this creature operates Hmm. you sort of would lose some of it I think
0: yeah yeah I agree um, I might I might try and get both of the films in before the episode, but I'll uh I didn't even manage one this time, so <laughs>
3: who
0: knows, but yeah, well I'll see how we get on. Excellent, right. Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh and we will see you all next week. So go and check out To Hell if you haven't. Uh I don't think we spoiled it too much to uh put anybody off who hasn't seen it. Um but yeah, definitely go and check out *Sinister*. It's uh, a surprisingly powerful film, and we'll see you all next week to discuss it. Good night. Night. Nice. Nice. I waved again. <laughs> Every week, somebody dies. <laughs>